It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Standard. Whether it's jumping the barriers, sneaking onto buses or avoiding the ticket collector on the train, stats from TfL show fare dodging in London is up. Tube station staff reported more than 756,000 cases last year, up 51% on the previous year. TfL says fare evasion costs an estimated £130 million a year in lost income, equivalent to the amount needed to keep fares frozen annually. But TfL officials said they've overseen a 56% rise in prosecutions compared with 2022. However, when you zoom out a bit, the stats look very different. Transport for London is actually prosecuting about 10,000 fewer fare dodgers a year than immediately before the pandemic. So, does this mean the problem's getting worse or prosecutions are getting more difficult? Joining me now to go through the detail is our transport editor, Ross Lydell. So, Ross, just to begin with, can you sort of explain the stats here? Because we've got both a rise in prosecutions compared with 2022, but a drop since pre-pandemic. Is it overall sort of good news or bad news? Well, it's good news in the short term and not so good news over the longer term. What TfL has announced today is that it has prosecuted 19,600 people in the last year for fair dodging. And that figure is 50% higher than the number of prosecutions it conducted in 2022. So on the face of it, good news. Well done, guys. Uh, keep up the hard work. However, what they didn't say and what I've been able to establish by looking at some of its recent freedom of information responses is that the figure for last year, the 19,600, is still about 10,000 fewer than the number of prosecutions that were carried out in the 2019-20 financial year, i.e. the year immediately before the world shut down for the COVID pandemic. And do you think that's surprising considering over the last year we've been living through a cost of living crisis, which wasn't actually so bad before the pandemic? Well, certainly the cost of living crisis is given as one of the reasons why more people may be seeking to avoid paying fares. The simple fact they can't afford to travel but may have a need to travel. So, yes, fair enough. I think what's interesting here is that because... I asked TfL this morning, well, why is it that you're sort of 10,000 prosecutions short of before the pandemic? And they say, well, that's because there are fewer passengers. 
But, mm, well, yes, but there are fewer passengers, but not that many fewer. You know, we're getting nearly up to pre-pandemic levels, certainly at the weekend, where uh, levels on tubes and buses actually exceed uh, pre-pandemic travel at certain times. It's certainly true that on Mondays and Fridays, there are fewer people using the buses and the tubes. But midweek, we're pretty much there. You know, it's at around 90 odd percent uh, on a good day. So there are still millions of people travelling. If you compare, you know, essentially on a, a typical weekday now, you've still got sort of 5 million people on the buses and probably at least 3 million people on the tube. To prosecute only 19,600 people over an entire year, you know, it's an absolutely tiny comparison, really. So there's plenty of people to get. And the key thing to remember here, and again, this is another fact that TfL did not want to release through its sort of press office this morning, was that many tube station staff, its own staff, are reporting thousands of instances of fare dodging. A few years ago, you know, when TfL is part of its efforts to get its station staff out from behind the ticket office windows and onto the concourse and to the, the ticket line or the gate line, as it's known, to help passengers, they gave all these staff iPad type devices. And on this screen is an app which allows the uh, person at the gate line to essentially send a message to the enforcement squad saying, I've just spotted a fair dodger at my station. This data is logged and then is used by TfL's 450 enforcement officers to work out which stations to target. This shows that in the last year, there have been about 750,000 alerts sent by the station staff to the enforcement officers so it's not as if there isn't a rising problem. There's an enormous problem with fair evasion. TfL, unfortunately, is only able to tackle the sort of very top slice of the scale of the problem. And using that sort of tech you just described there, Ross, I mean, do we know of any hotspots for fair dodging, such as key stations or areas, for example? TfL hasn't given any hotspot stations in the information it has released today, but I've covered this subject for many years and on previous reports, the hotspots never seem to change, both for crime and fare evasion. They tend to sort of overlap largely with the busier stations and also uh, stations where there tends to be shoppers and tourists, because quite often the people who are doing the pickpocketing are also doing the fare evading. So, for example, you have Stratford, you have King's Cross, you have Oxford Circus, you have Leicester Square. All of these places are notorious spots for fare dodging. The other issue, of course, is that many stations in outer London eh, are easy picking for fare dodgers because my own station, Walthamstow Central, very often in the evening and certainly weekends, the ticket barriers are left open because there aren't any staff there to essentially man the barriers to help people get through if their ticket gets stuck or their, their ticket doesn't work. That's like manna from heaven for fair dodgers. They don't have to jump the barriers. They don't have to try and use a dodgy ticket. They can just walk straight through a wide open barrier. Let's take a break now. In part two, we turn our attention to dust on the underground. The Northern Line has been identified as the tube line with the highest levels of dust. Some of these types of chemicals and dust are to a degree unavoidable. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And I understand there is some other transport related news out today about dust levels on certain stations on the underground what is that news today yes this has been a busy day for transport for london publications and um, these two reports it has issued on tube dust are going to make your head hurt if we're quite honest about it these are highly technical reports not easily understood but the headline seems to be that from these reports There's evidence that suggests which lines are slightly dustier than others and which stations have more of a problem with dust. However, the good news is that none of the lines or none of the stations appears to have levels of dust that breach uh, sort of health guidelines. Now, in terms of the sort of other headlines from these reports, it's probably fair to say that the Northern Line has been identified as the tube line with the highest levels of dust and that uh, stations such as King's Cross and Hampstead, which are both on the Northern Line, also seem to have higher uh, amounts of sort of chemicals within the dust than other stations. Overall, though, it seems that the dust and the types of chemicals such as iron oxide within the dust, the quantities there is actually less than the uh, these experts found four years ago. And as you said, overall, there is less dust on the tube than a few years ago. Is that due to a concerted effort to actually get rid of it? Yes. Quite why there's less dust on the tube is not entirely clear, but it is fair to say to TfL that it does actually send out a sort of army of midnight workers on a regular basis whose job is to walk up and down the tunnels once the tube trains have stopped running, so sort of one o'clock in the morning till about 5am, and they have sort of vacuum cleaners either on their back or, you know, almost like a sort of a Henry-type machine that they would pull along along these tunnels and uh, pick up dust and scrape dust off the sides of the tube tunnels by hand. It's quite an extraordinary sight just seeing these poor folk essentially doing a back-breaking job in uh, dusty, hot conditions. Deeply unpleasant job, but they say it's satisfying. The result is that they come out, these guys come out of the uh, tube tunnels each morning with sackfuls of dust. So efforts are being made in a very old-fashioned way to keep the tube as clean as possible. And it seems from these latest reports that that hard work is paying dividends. I understand that the issue with the dust is that it can be harmful to breathe in because it's from sort of the breaks and things and it's fairly well contained in the underground. 
what are the risks, I suppose, of, of breathing in this dust at sort of the, the worst levels? Yes, well, this dust, some of it can be harmful to health. You know, here we're talking about tiny soup particulates, for example, known as PM 2.5s and PM 10s. Now, there's often arguments about pollution above ground. And especially these sorts of particles are emitted largely by diesel engines and they can be carcinogenic and cause other breathing difficulties. They're obviously being found in very low levels underground. This is one of the sort of favourite ways that critics of the Mayor Sadiq can essentially troll him online when he says that he's brought in the ULES to improve the air quality above ground. They say, well, what are you doing on the London underground? Of course, it's a different argument there that people are only on the underground for a very short period of time in the day normally. Here, the concern, to be frank, is more about the tube station staff and the tube drivers and their health. And that's why TfL carries out these studies. There's less of a risk to passengers than there is to the staff. Uh, The other thing to bear in mind here is that some of these types of chemicals and dust are to a degree unavoidable. Quite often, the iron oxide comes from the wheels of the trains rubbing against the rails. The solution, well, is probably to build lines like the Elizabeth line, have a newer line in a cleaner environment and also have a line that's direct. If you have a line that's got fewer twists and turns on it, there'll be less squealing and scraping between train wheels and the track and therefore fewer emissions will be sort of thrown up into the air. That explains why lines such as the Northern line, which obviously has got really twisty network you know think of it as it goes up through Camden Town and it rattles across the points there or the likes of the Bakerloo where if you go into Waterloo station on the Bakerloo it's like going round a sort of circle line all in itself it's so twisted by simplifying the lines modernizing the network leads to a cleaner network and a better quality of air for the passengers and for the tube staff. There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We're back on Monday afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.